The following podcast contains explicit language. This is Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. And thank you for joining us for the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, As always, we want to get started by saying thank you for all of the social media engagement we've had. Facebook has been blowing up with comments and uh, private messages to us. Please keep those coming in. Yeah, share our media, please. And also rate us on iTunes. We would appreciate that. Absolutely. And the YouTube, I've been really surprised at how many listeners are willing to just sit and watch just our graphic and listen to us on YouTube. That's been really great. Uh, we really appreciate it. Even the comments, even the comments, although they have, they have been frustrating from day to day on some of the YouTube comments. Uh, we still, we, we encourage all of it. Keep it coming guys. We love talking with you and interacting with you. Today's episode is of course about LML performance. My favorite. This is, this is honestly my favorite platform for any diesel. Me too. Just, just to be honest, I know that we got a lot of LB seven followers out there, 12 valve guys out there and some, even some power stroke, uh, junkies, but and if you've driven a, even just a mildly tuned up LML, it's really hard to beat as a daily driver. Yeah, we're giving you a chance to dream a little bit if you don't have one and give you an idea of what you're looking for in the future because we know that chances are you will be an LML owner one day. That's right. Yeah, it might it might be 25 years old when you own it, but you, eventually you'll have to own one. Hey, kind of like uh, 7.3. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about, uh, Danny. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, my 7.3. Hey, why don't you introduce who we have here? Yeah, I know. We do, we do have a, a guest on the show today, Nick Pregnitz of Calibrated Power. Oh, yeah, guys. Glad to be back. Lots Abs- of experience with the LMLs. Absolutely. Yeah, Thanks Nick, you've played with them once or twice, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, you say they're your favorite truck, but every time I drive one, you know, I go from driving a Ram or driving the Canyon or driving whatever I'm tuning that week or that day, and it's like, man, I miss my LML. I should have kept the damn thing. <laughs> uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I've had actually in, in your old LML that Denali was really nice. A lot of fun at the track. Uh, a lot yeah. of fun on the street. Yeah, drivability-wise, man, they're tough to beat. I just, it, it's one of those that you do get into it, and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. You mm-hmm. know, like, if you've never driven a diesel before and you want to get sold on diesel, totally, LML will get you. So so we have a, a new format that we're going to kind of go through here today, and we're really going to talk about why you would choose an LML from a performance standpoint. So we all love the ride quality. We all love some different features about them. But what we want to do is kind of strip it apart today and take it part by part and decide, is this a platform for you? Uh, so we're going to get started with the strengths and then we'll cover the weaknesses and kind of talk about what the future of the LML has to show out there and some different final wrap up. things. Just a brief interruption to remind you the Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com. CPS is the leading North American developer of performance engine and transmission calibrations for the Duramax, Cummins, John Deere, TDI, Jeep, and many other diesel powertrains. For more information, check out CalibratedPower.com or DuramaxTuner.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. Awesome. So let's start with stock power. I know that an LMM, LBZ, LLY, all the previous models made 300 to 360 to the rear wheels uh, right off the showroom floor. What do we get when we get into an LML? I guess I'll speak to this one. I've had more than a few stock ones on our dyno. Um, and they, we have seen some variability depending on what's going on with the EGR that day. Um, <laughs> you know, what's going on, but usually uh, somewhere in the 360 to 380 range. Uh, is pretty typical for rear wheel horsepower on an LML. Again, some would be a little higher, some would be a little lower. But so right. you're taking 400 or 397 from the factory, taking 20% for the driveline? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not going to get into dino semantics here, right. but I'll just tell you what I've seen. Okay, so if, <laughs> if you're going to compare any numbers that I give you in this, consider that your baseline, and anything over that, you know, you... There's some variables. Exactly. And, and, and we've talked about this several times on the yeah. podcast, so I think our listeners have a pretty good grasp on this. Depending on a lot of different factors, you can come out with a different specific number. It is obvious, regardless of what those specific numbers or variables are, the LML starts with more power than any of the previous models. You can say that, period. Unequivocally. I like it. Okay. So that means it's easier to get to 500 horsepower on any dyno. And that's why I chose that number, because again, a lot of variables in there, but... Danny, you were talking about your LBZ. What did you have to do to your LBZ? Can we get a budget? Can we get a build list for what you had to do to your LBZ to get 500 horsepower out of it? I had to do more than just flash the truck. <laughs> True story. <laughs> so that, does that make me angry a little bit that for, sh- for sure when you get an LML, you know all you got to do is flash the truck and you're there. For an LBZ, I had to do a bunch of supporting modifications to be able to get that and to hang there and stay there and not have any problems with my truck. Absolutely. And you're talking built trans? Built trans. $5,000. Right there. You're talking about a lift pump, some fuel modifications. It goes on and on. And if you ask me, it never stops. <laughs> but okay. when you when you get into a, an LML, they come with a dual disc torque converter from the factory. Absolutely. And they're the one of the best transmissions you can get, in my opinion, from the factory. What do you think, Nick? I beat those things pretty mercilessly. You know, I can count on one hand the number of torque converter clutch failures that I've seen on LMLs. You know, f- anything under 550 horsepower, like the thing just works, you know what I mean? And they shift great. Um, you know, we got TCM tuning form, just like all the other year Duramaxes. So we got good control over the transmission, except for the 16s. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's tough to beat. And that has been one of the big, I think, advantages of the LML is that beefier transmission, that, that newer Allison in there. Oh, just absolutely. Yeah. I mean, how else would you justify to your wife that you're going to spend, you know, honey, I don't have to spend five grand on the trans <laughs> and you get this nice cooled seat and a heated steering wheel, right? Like, yeah, not having to pay for a trans goes a long way. It, it really does. It, it's a big hurdle. I think on a lot of guys build as they start to look at what are we going to do that we just had Mike Carter on and, you know, his thing was, well, it, this is dad's truck or, you know, this is, this is like the work truck. And we're really, you hear built transmission in your head and it's just all cost. Yeah. It's not a financeable thing. Really. It's not that fun. Right. You build it so you can use it, not so you can make more power with it. That's a, that's a hard pill to swallow. So I do think that's one of the huge advantages to an LML. Uh, There are some other things that we found are beefier or are better or have been improved with the LML platform. As we get into those, Danny, I think what was the next one that jumped out to you we were talking about? Everything's a little bit beefier. Um, the rods, the pistons, uh, the internals of the motor. And I think that's a big one. Uh, to be honest with you, we remember back in the LB7 day with shortened rods over 650 horse. Not- yeah, yeah, not so much anymore. I mean, yeah, it really depends on the LML is a different animal tuning-wise. So if you get some amateur shit, you could be shortened <laughs> rods too, but you know they tolerate a lot less timing. They need a lot less pulse width. So it, there's some tuning stuff there. But for the most part, yeah, 725, 750. I mean, we've got trucks running that without any issues, like daily towing, using it. Um, you know, the the pistons are solid. The rods, I would say, as an LBZ is better than an LB7. So an LML is better than an LBZ. 
And and we were talking about this a little bit, Nick, and I, I think the crank plays into this conversation as well here. Guys are talking about the LML crank being stronger. If they were going to do a budget build on an LMM, they would rob these parts out of an LML core and they'd run it because it'd be cheaper than buying Molly or cheaper than buying cryo-treated. It'd be a really cheap way to do a budget build in a motor. Would you drop LML pistons, rods, and cranks into like an LBZ or an LMM build? I mean, it depends on if I how I came across them, right? If I kicked them across the shop floor, yeah, I'd pick them up and put them in the motor instead of my LBZ stuff. <laughs> Am I going to go out of my way to go to GM and buy new LML stuff to put in my LBZ? I mean, probably not. No. Um, if I had an LBZ or LMM and I'm building it, do you think it's going to improve my reliability? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if it's free, it's worth it. Yeah, if the price is right, man. I mean, if, if you pick up a whole rotating assembly for 500 bucks, sure. You know, that's a no-brainer. If you come across some guy who's building his LML motor and he's got a set of rods, grab them. Yeah. You know? And that's what Bob has done. He's put some LML parts in his LMM from Calibrated Power. When we talked to him and interviewed him, that was a great interview. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, I know, I know Bob has run it, and that was kind of one of my questions. He did it. I think he was, I, I mean, uh, um, there may have been a handful of people who did it before him, but it was kind of before we started hearing a lot about it. Yeah, I mean, we came across uh, LML pistons on GM Parts Direct for peanuts. I mean, literally, I think they were giving them away. We had to, had to pay shipping maybe. Right. Um, <laughs> but, but nobody was buying them then. Nobody. Right. We weren't even tuning LMLs back then. Right. Nobody knew they were around. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's a score. So, so like you said, if you kick them across the shop floor, you come across a good deal on them, it might be worth it. I wouldn't. I'm, I'm with you. I don't know if I'd really go out of my way to go hunt them down or pay big bucks for them. You're probably in the long run. Like, I don't know, man. When we get into motor build stuff, I always think like, just quit being a cheap ass and spend the money. That's pretty much where you're at. I mean, if you're tore down to the point where you are picking rods and pistons, like you're, you're probably going to be into it again, right? This is your hobby. Like you are spending a lot of time and money on this thing. Is there anywhere you can find five grand? <laughs> How many kidneys do you have right now? <laughs> Well, you don't have to do the trans. There's your five grand right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Now, we did find uh, that there are some other features as we start to get out of the motor that have been improved as well. I think the one that jumped out to me the most is the tie rods and the torsion bars. Yeah. The front end assembly in the Duramax has always been a joke. It's always been one of those things. If you're going to do my famous line, four dig burnouts. Um, <laughs> oh my God, you're an embarrassment. Uh, you love it. Four dig burnouts. Um, if you're going to, if you're going to do four wheel drive launches, you always had to build the front end. And, and we've seen guys with tie rod sleeves that snap the, the tie rod right above the sleeve. Sure. We've seen guys who have gotten lower quality parts for the front end kits and they still end up, they do the tire clap. It's my all time favorite thing to see at the track. Yeah. It's, it's an, it's an embarrassing thing to see as a GM owner. Right. But, uh, I mean, took my LML to the track and didn't do anything to the front end and no. just left on 20 pounds of boost. And that thing left straight. It, yeah. was, it was a dream to drive right out of the hole. I mean, I sled pulled with it, sand dragged with it, never even moved a torsion key. Like, just, just fucking beat it. Right. It, it, and when you look at them, that's what you were saying, Danny, right? Was when you look at them, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. It looks twice as big, those, um, those torsion bars and everything in that front end, like you were talking about, just way beefier. It's a whole different truck than what we're used to if you're LMM and previous. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, the injectors. I've talked about the injectors a few times in LMLs. The injectors are different. Nick, could you give us a quick breakdown on what's different about an LML injector compared to an LMM injector? Piezo. <laughs> the fuck does that mean? <laughs> oh, it's magic, man. Uh, more injection events equals better control of cylinder pressure, better NOx control, better noise, harshness, vibration. So they're supposed to be a quick, quicker acting injector. 
um, that needs less pulse width and can actuate more times per stroke. It's faster. It's faster. I'm sold. Uh, and we see them fail less too, which is, as an owner, always a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, not not a real low tolerance to debris like the CP3 pump. I know we'll, we're going to get into the CP4 pump. Um, yeah, I mean, no injector has good tolerance to debris. The thing with the piezos and the LML is that because of the CP4, they see so much more shit come through them that you see them fail. Right. right? Any injector would fail in that scenario. Okay. Now, the trucks are also quieter, and this is something that I think some guys are a big fan of, some guys are not. Me personally, yeah, I like a quiet truck, man. I've been driving that that five-inch straight pipe exhaust with no floor pan, and I just I have to put earplugs in to get across town anymore. It's fucking ridiculous. I'm shaking my head. <laughs> Danny, you have a five-inch exhaust too. What the fuck are you talking about? I can still listen to my radio in here. Because you have subs. I don't. Not in this, not in this truck. I don't. Danny bought... Bought bigger speakers so he could hear the radio over the exhaust, and I'm bitching about the exhaust, and I'm the crazy one. Hey, listen, I am on the phone, and if I'm in my truck, I don't even get a chance to listen to the radio. But they are definitely quieter. They've done a lot with the insulation and sound dampening, and they just make it more enjoyable. So when you do have your wife with you and your kids, you can listen to them like you want to. Yeah, that's yeah. that's just what I was going for. So, so much better. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean they they're they're a quieter truck to drive, and, and the feel of the interior is much improved. Um, you know, the steering stuff, all that, all that beefiness in the front end and in the chassis, it just translates into a truck that feels stronger on the road. Absolutely. And, you know, even when we talk to Dodge guys and Ford guys, they'll always say the Duramax feels the best driving. I mean, the yeah. independent front suspension, I think has always given them that edge, but in these, you're absolutely right. Uh, they, they feel sure. They yeah. feel like they could hold that line forever, which, yeah. which I love, you know, that's, and especially, to to especially asleep. if you're towing, man, it makes a big difference towing. If you, if you have a trailer especially a big trailer and you're shopping between an lmm and an lml do not even think about buying the lmm there's no way right buy the lml yeah, yeah. I, the it, it definitely works and that's one of those that i think as we get into the financials of it they do cost more which is a drawback but well you can finance them right a but, bank will say yes they're not going <laughs> to shut you down and say no just based on the year of the truck abs and i think that's a big thing for most guys uh, also the return on investment your trade-in value if you're only going to have this truck and do a, a tuner and a basic kind of upgrade package to it yeah you, you do have to consider i'm not going to die in this truck yeah. hopefully yeah you can go back to stock you could trade the thing in i mean you look at the market right now and with the price of diesel fuel you know listen to this podcast in two years might be different but price of diesel fuel right now means a strong used truck market and I, I like our listeners to notate the dates when we do air these episodes so they don't listen to them in three years and say, oh, that's what happens right now. Absolutely. Yeah, 2016 prices are dog shit for trucks, right? <laughs> no, um, no, it is. It's a really strong used market right now. You know, there's a lot out there. Obviously, yeah. right now, nowadays, new cars are selling at better rates than they ever have been before in the country. So all of these kind of start to factor into where there's a lot of, a lot of vehicles on the road and it's, it gets harder and harder to pick. What's the right vehicle for you? You're less apt to take a bath on the trade on an LML than anything out there for a Duramax. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're looking for something with a little bit of warranty and minimal wear and tear, you're going to be hard-pressed to beat it. Yeah, you got a five-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. So if you pick up a 13 or a 14, you still got some time left. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. And we've I've seen trucks that have had a few problems in that 100,000 miles, and I've had trucks that have had zero problems. So obviously there's always going to be a bad apple in the bunch, but typically they're solid. They're something that you can talk about with confidence. And if you're selling them, you, you know that 
you can put somebody in that and not hear from them for a very long time. Hopefully, five years. <laughs> you can hear you can hear car salesman Danny coming oh out right now. Oh my god, man, <laughs> that's awesome! It, I just want to sell you this true. shit and call me back when you're ready to buy another one. <laughs> Nothing. I don't want to deal with anything else. I hear you, man. Though, but trust as a customer, that's what I want too. Yeah. Danny, I like talking to you, even when you worked at the lot. But I don't want to fucking talk to you because <laughs> it costs me money. Truck, I will call you in five years. Yeah, yeah. right. That, that's I think that's what we're all into. Uh, there are some easy ways to identify the VIN number. LML. Yeah, I always go to the VIN. You the do VIN, always go to the VIN. The VIN doesn't lie. The eighth digit of the VIN is going to tell you your um, your motor. So on an LML, it's going to be an eight. That's right. Also, if you go to the tenth digit of the VIN, it will be a letter uh, B, C, D, or E currently. Uh, in the future, those letters will continue to go through the alphabet as that depicts the year. So B in the 11th spot stands for 2011. B in the 10th spot, but same 10th thing. spot. Yep. That's what I meant. Thank you. There you go. That's why you're here, huh? And that's why you don't <laughs> sell trucks. <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, I do think there's also easier ways to spot it than the VIN. If you look at the hood, LML was the first year that they put Duramax on the hood. Uh, so it's pretty rare right now to see an LML hood on an LMM. That would be pretty jamokish. Yeah. I think you run rare. into some gap lines there. I can spot an LML from a mile down the road. I just have a passion for them. I will own one in the near future. I dig it. I dig it. Now, there are some drawbacks. Couple. Couple. Uh, the biggest one I hear about every day, every LML guy is going to gonna know this, the CP4.2. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so these these CP4.2s are in the, the same position as a CP3, uh, but there's just a bunch more shit piled on top of them, right? So they're hard to get to. Is something you should know right out of the gate. It's not a fun job. Now what happens is when they fail, instead of the CP3, which would return all the, uh, what do you call it, flack, maybe. Whatever whatever doesn't, you know, whatever you don't want to go through your fuel system might go back to the tank in a CP3 failure. And you'll know that you have a CP3 failure because you'll have low rail pressure and, you know, you'll go into limp mode. You can replace the CP3 and be on your way. We've all seen that sale come through the shop. Now, on an LML with a CP4, when they fail, they end up sending debris downstream into the rest of the injection system. And that's uh, that's a really unfortunate situation for you as an owner because it means that it's going to cost you a set of injectors and a bunch of other kind of little ancillary parts around the injection system. Um, I, I've seen these bills run as high as $10,000. It's, Damn. it's really a shitty thing to be a part of. I would be so pissed, so pissed with it with a CP4 going out. It would just talk about ruining your day, to be honest with you, because you have this truck that has all of these other new and improved strengths, and you're all excited about it, and it's badass, and it's an LML, and then the CP4 took a shit and ate out your injectors. It's just... Yeah, it's, it's the worst, man. I mean, you say bad day, I mean... You know, I, I say it's a bad year for most guys. <laughs> you know? Just think, though, if something bad happens to you, somebody's got it way worse. Somebody's going to trump you. <laughs> that does not fucking help at all. I'm just saying. At all. I don't, like, I, I don't like to hear these pity parties from people. <laughs> oh, I, I, I put my truck up to 550 horse. Now the CP4 went out. Oh, poor me. No, you should have known about it before. You... I, I do agree with that. And I will say it doesn't seem to really be horsepower. No, I wouldn't dependent. say it is. I'd say it's fuel quality and... Uh, you know, maintenance and it, it's luck of the draw, man. It's a chance. Yeah. You know, we've seen lots of stock trucks have the same issues right. that tune trucks do. Yeah. No, it's, it's nothing to do with power levels. Uh, I definitely believe debris. That's one of the big problems I think consumers are running into is they're saying that they're having a hard time getting them warranted from GM mm -hmm. because it is, they look at it and they say, oh, 
something was in your fuel. That's what caused it. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. So this is why I usually recommend for every LML owner, as soon as you buy the truck, buy a lift pump, an air dog, a fast, a Raptor. I don't really care. Uh, buy something with good filtration. Yeah, I mean, I would recommend a fast, but you know, fair enough, put whatever you want on it. Just make sure it keeps running. In my experience, the fast keeps running. Um, yeah, do that. You know, if you want to, if, if the CP four thing just has you biting your nails at night, you know, you can't sleep, uh, you can do a CP three conversion. It's, it's a lot cheaper than $10,000, but you know, you're looking at, uh, I don't know, 12 hours of labor, something like that. And roughly probably a $1,500 pump in a kit. So yeah, you know, it's like in three grand, 3,500 bucks maybe. Yeah. Um, and there are kits out there, um, that can do emissions equipped stuff. So the CP3 typically can't, the CP3 typically can't kill the, um, or can't work the ninth injector on these trucks. So you have to use a, a kit specifically designed to work the ninth injector. So if you're going to retain your emissions equipment, you need to buy a kit specifically for that. So just know that. You could also do a dual CP3. So do a dual fueler kit, right? And do a CP3 over it and still retain the CP4 in the valley. Is that still true? You could, but you're still in the same boat if that CP4 ever takes a shit. Right. Right. And I just want to put this out there that I've got a lot of friends and family members, customers, and I don't ever really hear too much about CP4 failure actually happening too often. It's pretty rare in my opinion. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys on this. I think it's one of those, when everything goes right, I don't call Danny. Yeah. Right? I Like if if everything's working on my CP4, I have no reason to look into it and write an article about, man, I just fucking love this CP4 on my truck. Nobody says that. That, That's not real. Now, if something goes wrong and it ruined my day or my year. Yeah. I will tell the world. Yes. And, and I, I think that's where we're reading a lot about them or seeing a lot about them. You're hard pressed to find a Duramax forum or Facebook group, you know, about these that don't talk about it. Yeah. You hear the gloom and doom but all the time. But it's pretty limited. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's a Loch Ness monster. You know what I mean? Somebody, you know, somebody who knows somebody who's seen it. I've seen two of them come through the shop. So two Loch Ness monsters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you keep your eyes open to see shit. <laughs> now, there is the cost to the LML, which we had mentioned before. It is going to be higher. So if we're talking about building an LML on a, a performance platform, you need a bigger budget. Well, you got to pay the cost to be the boss. If you want the best that's out there, you're going to pay for it. Fair enough. Yeah, true. I'm still snickering at that one-liner. <laughs> I robbed that from Snoop Dogg, actually. So I can't. <laughs> uh, you didn't pay for a trans, right? So you buy a tuner, you buy a lift pump. Rock and roll, man. Yeah, I 500 mean, horsepower. Street here. truck, you know, I mean, that's... I mean, the only downside is it's heavier than than a GMT 800. So LML with 520 horsepower, 530 horsepower is not going to keep up with an LBZ with the same power. Correct. Know that, okay? Like 13.9s, 13.8s? Yeah, I mean, you're you're in the high 13s. If you're a better driver than I am. It's just the facts, man. <laughs> it's just the facts, especially if you're in a loaded truck and 35s and got all your cool guy shit with you. Um, it's just... <laughs> You know, they're not as fast as the older trucks. That is true. That is true. So you need a little extra horsepower to get there. Um, I think one of the other things that is kind of that, what we all talk about when we talk about LMLs with customers is we want to talk about the emissions equipment. There's an EGR, there's a DPF, and there's a DEF system, along with some other supporting emissions bullshit. You haven't memorized all the... DOC, SCR. DOC, SCR, right? It goes on. Yeah. Yeah. We know um, the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> True story. True story. Uh, the emission system is, I, I would argue, pretty robust. 
It's been unchanged for five years now. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah. Um, I think that was six, but you know, it's, a, it's a solid emission system. They put up with extra power surprisingly well. They do a really good job of uh, not hampering the truck making extra power. So I've seen as little as seven horsepower difference between tuned, um, tuned with exhaust and tuned deleted trucks. Seven horsepower you will never, ever feel in the seat of your pants, just so you know. Right. Um, and I've seen deleted trucks make less horsepower than trucks with just tuning on stock exhaust. So that is that's important. embarrassing. As hell. <laughs> it's important though to say. Yeah. A lot of people have this misconception in their head that if they are going to get the power, they have to right away delete it. Well, that's what that's what I get from everybody is it chokes it. Right. You know, we all have this old idea about diesels. Let them breathe in and let like hot exhaust out. Yeah. That I mean, will make it better. It would make sense if it, the system was designed wrong. You know, if it wasn't designed to, to handle that power. The funny thing is I've dyno tested these trucks with 520 horsepower at the tire, uh, with the factory exhaust, both with zero grams of soot in the filter and during regen, and they make the same power. So it's just not an issue. Right. And, and I mean, we ran that, uh, you know, emissions equipped twin turbo compliant truck, 640 horsepower, I put that same tune in a competition truck with twin turbos that was deleted and it made within 10 horsepower. It was stupid. That's so crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, (laughs) I would say you run out of injector before you run out of emissions capacity. That's wild. That's That's awesome. It's really cool because previously on LMMs, a lot of guys had frustrations and they had heartaches and it was ruining their year it, just in that. And they had to delete it. That was the solution to their problem. But now there is no problem. You don't need a solution. First generation equipment generally fails. I mean, that's the reality of it, right? Like if it was first, that's the yep. first time we've used this brand new thing. It's probably crap. And and it was on the LMMs. There's a lot of DPFs out there because they're so much smaller. They don't hold up as long, so they're not as robust, I guess is the yeah. word we'll use. Those engines used a lot more EGR because they didn't have def systems. You know, guys, you know, cry about having to put uh, cow piss in their tank or DEF or whatever. But, right. I mean, anything I can do to cut down on EGR is is a win in my book. Yeah. I'll put any any sort of fluid you ask me to in the truck if I can turn <laughs> the EGR off and still pass emissions. Having the emissions equipment has slowed, slowed some of the progress about actually building this to future power levels you know when uh lbz's and lmms hit the market it wasn't very long after until people were rolling out twin turbo kits and single turbo modifications and throwing big injectors in them with the lml it took longer for tuning to come out there was a few years that lmls were on the market that there was no custom tuning you get some box programmers like always um even now that the lml's been out for five or six years depending on how you want to count it they're still just I mean, literally just starting to hit the market with single turbo upgrades, unless you want to do like a 4094 or an S366, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you want to stick with the typical, you know, if, if you're a guy who's going to delete his truck and you know who you are, it's the same shit as always. You right. know what I mean? Put the big turbo kit on, put the big injectors in, go to town. <clears throat> and that method works, but it's risky. And uh, it's not something I would advocate. If you're interested in the clean power and you like the way the LML functions and drives, then, you know, it, it has taken a little bit longer. Gone from 520 horsepower. Like I said, we did the emissions equipped twin turbo kit. I see the next step as being the, you know, that 63 millimeter 10 blade 
you know, the Stealth 64 style turbocharger um, built into an LML cartridge, lets you return your turbine braking, lets you really have quick spool up, which makes the emission system really happy and shoot for 600 horsepower. Put the CP3 conversion on, stock injectors, 600 horsepower. The trans would be well matched to it. I think everything would be very copacetic. I mean, I think you're there. I think that's finally that badass street truck where the LML's been that's just this awesome truck that everybody falls in love with. But like you said, it is a little bit slower down yeah. the track. You do lose a little something for that street feel. And I think if you could upgrade that turbo and max out your injectors, I think you're back in, in with a shout to where you want to be that that yeah. seat feeling Danny and I are always talking about where it's not a horsepower number, right? Like we try to tell people don't chase a number on the dyno, chase a feeling on the street because that's what you're going to really drive by. I'm and with what, you. And what's really nice. And I just want to put this out there. The LML has been around longer than any other Duramax motor. You've got your LB seven. That was Oh one to four and a half. And you got your LML. That's already beat that. Yeah. And that has something, there's something to be said about that. There is, there is. Everybody thinks that LB seven is like the long lived, you know, it's the longest production run, but it's not anymore. You know, LML has, has trumped it. The LB seven is like the new 12 valve in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) There's a 12 valve guy shaking his head right now. Well, (laughs) and an LB seven guy shaking his fist. (laughs) Shut the fuck up, Danny. (laughs) It is what it is. I I hear they cost the same these days. True. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Thank you very much, Nick, for joining us here at the Diesel Performance Podcast. Happy to be here, man. It's fun. Absolutely. This has been Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. Thanks for listening. The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com, developer of performance engine and transmission calibrations for a wide variety of late model diesel powertrains including the Duramax, Cummins, John Deere, Jeep, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out calibratedpower.com or call 815-568-7920. Well, you got to pay the cost to be the boss.